and connect with that. So other than that, man, our time tonight is going to be crazy. It already has been crazy, already been good. Um, great worship set, great time honoring uh, the, the flag, the nation, and those that serve for it. Um, but we got a video that I want to have you guys watch. So let's pay attention to the screens. The 11th hour does not strike on the clock of every man. For at this time, most of us can be found at home, comfortable, knowing tomorrow is right on its way. At the 11th hour, most of us can be found in our beds. But in another world, our men and our women, our brothers and our sisters live in this hour. Tick, 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 tick. Every second for you, every second for me. So it was on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, the guns were lowered, the trenches grew silent, and an armistice was declared between the Allied nations and Germany. A great war hushed so that the wives, the children, the fathers and the mothers could salute back across the ocean. And it is on this day each year that we have stopped to salute our veterans, our men and women of the 11th hour. So today, it's our turn. It's our turn to show our gratitude it's our turn to applaud when they stand. It's our turn to thank God for you. Yes, it's our turn to say thank you for going in our stay. Good evening. My name is Robert, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm also a 13-year veteran of our country's active reserve forces. I'm in recovery for porn addiction and anger. It's great to see you all here tonight, especially you veterans. And before I get into my testimony, I feel a need to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity to share tonight. I just pray that as I share what you've done for me and with me, that it will be an encouragement and maybe even an incentive to others to seek the help that they want. Anyway, Lord, uh, just bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I was born in May of 1945, right at the end of the Second World War. 
I was in elementary school during the Korean War, and I was draftable during the Vietnam War. I chose to join the Coast Guard as a reservist to avoid the draft. After all, the mission of the Coast Guard is to protect our shores and save lives. And that seemed to me like a better choice than shooting at people, especially if they're shooting back. Anyway, I served 12 weeks of boot camp on Government Island in Alameda, California. And after boot camp, I was assigned to a reserve unit in Portland, Oregon, because I lived in Oregon at that time. In 1966, I went to work for U.S. Bank in Portland. And I enjoyed the weekend duty and even the annual trainings because they gave me a break from my job and some additional income. It was during this time I got married to my first wife. We were married for six months. I came home from an annual training and she promptly told me that she had been sleeping with one of my friends who was also married and didn't love me anymore. I was both surprised and strangely relieved. We were divorced soon thereafter. Well, I stayed single for a couple of years, during which time my six-year enlistment in the Coast Guard ended, and in 1970, I met Louise. I also accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> and was baptized on Easter Sunday, 1971. Louise and I were married in June of that same year, and we just celebrated 50 years of marriage. In 1986, I enlisted in the National Guard at the suggestion of my boss, who was a commander of a unit in Salem, Oregon, on a one-year trial enlistment. And at the end of that one-year enlistment, I re-enlisted for another six and transferred to a RAOC unit in Lake Oswego, Oregon. This was early 1987. While in this unit, I participated in two exercises in South Korea and one in Japan. Anyway, 1988 brought a change in our lives. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In December 1987, God called me into the ministry. I resigned from my 21-year career with the bank and went to seminary. I was ordained in May of 1991. My enlistment in the National Guard ended in 1992, and I was called to pastor a small church in San Joaquin, California. From there, my wife and I were called as missionaries to the Philippines, where we served six years. Shortly after we came back to the States, my porn addiction got out of control. Not that it ever was in control. And uh, my anger also escalated to the point where uh, well, first of all, Louise and I were married for 34 years at that time, but because of what was happening, she moved out, she said, to save our marriage. And at first, I blamed her. I didn't understand how her moving out would save our marriage. But she set criteria to move back in, which included 90 days clean from porn, attending CR, joining a step study, and getting a sponsor who I would meet with regularly. I met her criteria, and she agreed to move back in only after eight months. That was 16 years and five step studies ago. <laughs> her leaving in CR, thank you, her leaving in CR had indeed saved our marriage, her leaving. 
And now I'm a sponsor, accountability partner, small group facilitator. I've served on the media team and the food team. I'm currently on the India CR online team. I attend two meetings a week and have a supportive and loving forever family here at CR. If you're a veteran, I thank you for your service. And even if you're not, if you need a place to deal with your hurts, hangups, and habits in a loving, accepting, and accountable situation, Celebrate Recovery is the place you need to be. Because CR saved my marriage and possibly my life. Thank you for letting me share. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I celebrate recovery from substance abuse. My name is Sydney. Hi. I'm working on the root of the character defects that gripped me in numbing my pain and trauma with drugs. Today, I choose to work on issues like anger, abandonment, sexual abuse, and post-traumatic stress. <clears throat> I'd like to take this moment to ask God for strength to calm my anxiety and direct my words and to bring him all the glory. Will you please pray with me? Father God, I, had, I have nothing that I have experienced and nothing I did could ever surprise you or separate your love for me. I want to share those dark and painful chapters of my story, past and present tonight, and highlight the miracles of the unspeakable peace that only you can provide. Help me open the doors for you through me. Shine the light of your presence into the horrendous places that festered in me and set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. My childhood was full of chaos. I am an adult child of a dysfunctional family. I was born in October of 1972 and raised in Modesto, California. A glimpse of my childhood was filled with fear, loneliness, abandonment, molestation, lies, and secrets. I lived by three standards. Don't feel don't tell, and don't trust. As a teenager in high school, I experienced homelessness, my mom serving time incarcerated, finding my best friend dead from a suicide incident. I usually felt insecure, shame, guilt, hunger, low self-esteem, just to name a few. I thought I could solve all my problems by running far away immediately after high school. So I enlisted in the United States Army in October of 1990. As a, thank you. As a 77 Fox Trot refueler. I soon thought this was it, this was my niche. I did what I was told and I enjoyed the soldier lifestyle. I achieved rank quickly and I was proud of myself for the first time in my life. Three years of my eight year enlistment, I was forced to realize that even in the United States military, scary situations happen and there are bad people in it. I was sexually assaulted and then threatened to keep silent by my first lieutenant. I was frozen in fear. I was furious, embarrassed, scared, and ashamed. Terrified and overwhelmed, my reaction was to lace up my boots and run. My immediate response was don't tell, trust, feel, and absolutely do not talk to anyone about it. 
I quickly manipulated my situation and left for Germany as a now married soldier to my children's father. I was quickly deployed to Bosnia in October of 1994 as part of the NATO's peacekeeping force in the region. I experienced unexplainable things. The complete despair of a third world country sticks with me as I continue to work through them. I returned to Geese in Germany in January of 1995 to spend only 14 days with my then spouse. When we both received deployment orders, I left to Chenchen, a region in Russia, and he was headed to Iraq. Without thought, I packed up, prepared for deployment, and yet again loaded up on a C-10 aircraft. I learned while in transit, I was pregnant and was immediately returned back to Germany. I had my daughter in Germany of 1995 and knew the minute I held her in my arms, my military career had to end. The transition to being a civilian in 1998 was pretty difficult. This was the spark to the war within and a battle that almost cost me my life. Jesus had a purpose and I now know I was created for a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I, I now was a mother of two with absolutely zero tools towards life. The one tool I did have uh, was to do what I was told, which in civilian life, I got lost. I started on a path full of drugs, pain, and isolation. Psalms 140 says, Rescue me, Lord, from evildoers. My inability of knowing the foundation of a healthy relationship, I stuffed my true feelings and did what I had to do and did what I did best and ran. I tried many relationships to feel better and I turned to drugs that never left me and kept me numb from all the pain and so much hurt that I held so deep. I felt a war inside me. I recall saying to myself, my war is not against flesh and blood, but it was against my own soul. In 2017, I thought I had made up my mind and gave up. I had planned to commit suicide. At this point, I could not stop my own destruction, destructive cycle. Jesus had a better plan. I fell to my knees and sobbed in total surrender. I heard in my spirit, it will be rough and narrow, but worth it. It was right. This experience has, is what has propelled me even when I've wanted to run. I was introduced to Celebrate Recovery in 2017. I tried it, I watched at a distance, I listened, I even tested some of the suggestions. At first, this was just a safe, drug-free spot to go. Then I started showing up to small groups, I attempted two-step studies, only to get in my own way. Just not willing to stop before the miracles happen, I kept coming back and started a third step study, committed to complete it, and I did. <clears throat> I began to feel, trust, and engage with other people. I started to be honest to myself and others. The fog began to lift, and today I am an accountability partner to many other women. I'm available and I listen. I work the steps daily to live a life without, sorry. I work the steps daily to live a life that I am not controlled by guilt, shame, and regret. I know without a doubt Jesus made me for a purpose. 
It does not come easy. It does not come overnight. But I am a soldier and a love child of the Most High, Jesus Christ. I, <clears throat> I traded my go-to of running and lacing him up for asking and reaching out for help. I will not give up. I am far from completely fixed or recovered. I continue to show up, even when I may not want to. Today, I'm a part of a Celebrate Forever family. I am a broken chain sister, and I am committed to God, my recovery, and my husband, Joshua. Um, <clears throat> and I have a life worth living. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good uh, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Today I have purpose. To the newcomer or even the one that just ended up here, there's an easier way. I did not say without work. I said an easier way than the possible miserable way you're living right now. In Joel 2.25, it says, God has a way of restoring the locust years that the locust has eaten. Regardless of your hurt, habit, or hang-up, Celebrate Recovery has the tools and resources to help you heal. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to know it all. You only have to have a willingness, a mustard seed of faith, and a want to change. This is a safe place. I found the tools and support that saved my life through Jesus Christ, through the direction of Jesus Christ, and I am thankful that I was led here and the love I feel tonight. I would like to say thank you to my companion for life, Joshua, to Big Valley Grace Celebrate Recovery, to my step-study sisters, whom I call my sisters, the one who is now in heaven, to my Broken Chains brothers and sisters, thank you. To my fellow veterans, I salute you and your sacrifice, all of it, and your service. I fought for our freedom only only to the battle of the war inside me, surrendering to Jesus and working the steps, man, that's freedom. If you're struggling and you want to know more, reach out. There's lots of people here tonight. I have a fire inside me now, not a war or battle within, and the only way for me not to lose that is to keep coming back and have a life worth living. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Amen. Hello, my name is Matt Hallam, and I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm celebrating recovery from alcohol. Amen. I had my first drink at 10 years old with my uncle. I snuck some alcohol out of my parents' liquor cabinet and went to school drunk a few times. I partied all through high school, and it was always known as a partier. Uh, growing up, I would go through spells of depression. When I would drink, I felt on top of the world, and I never wanted to come down. <clears throat> I was on choir tour with what was then called First Baptist Church down downtown when I was 13, and we sang for the troops at MCRD Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego. I remember standing along the wall of the chapel and listening to them sing Marine Corps hymn to us. It was amazing. I recall telling the lady next to me that I was going to be there someday. 
And sure enough, I was in that same chapel five years later. I served in the United States Marine Corps from 1994 to 1998, and my MOS was a heavy equipment operator. My years of service was all peacetime, but we, I went through some pretty hardcore training. I was at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina for my heavy equipment training, and my first duty station was a year in Okinawa, Japan. It was known to by everyone that during that year overseas, we would either become a drunk, a gym rat, or a book nerd. Being a drunk seemed like the way to go for me at the time. I spent a year there and was, and was attached to a 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit for six months out of the year. I was on ship two and a half months and went to Hong Kong and Pusan, Korea. My drinking in that year progressed to another level. After returning from overseas, I was stationed at Cherry Point, North Carolina for the rest of my service. I got married and our son was born there. I said I'd make it. <laughs> I got out of the Marines and moved my family back to Modesto. We had another child not long after that. I struggled with finding work and adjusting to the civilian world again. I would say it took me a good two to three years to adjust. And my drinking also progressed to another level and often made a fool out of myself. I worked my way up at a job and, a lot of and had a lot of responsibility, but my drinking continued to progress. I ended up getting divorced and moving out of my own it was downhill at this point. I lost my mind. I lost my job. I lost my kids. I lost my house. I lost my cars. Pretty much in that order. I was down to nothing. I tried to sober up, but I couldn't, and I went to, into rehab. <clears throat> I ended up with a high school sweetheart and getting married again, and even had two, two more kids. Our marriage didn't last long, and, it, and the next thing I knew, I was on my own again. I was still drinking and lost everything another time. How could this keep happening? It's a perfect example of insanity. And just when I would gain everything back, I would let my pride sneak in and start the process all over again. I had to drink in order to function, and I couldn't stop. I had the shakes, the sweats, I even had a couple seizures when trying to detox. I had, I had enough of living like that, and I felt I had nowhere to, nowhere to turn. I still remember my time at First Baptist when I was younger, and I looked to God, and I got down on my knees, and I cried out to him to help me. I had surrendered. I begged him to take my desire of drinking away and help me be the person he made me to be. A bed opened up at a detox center the next day, and he put people in my life to help me along my, way, my new journey. 
I started going to AA meetings, celebrate recovery, faithful recovery. I worked the steps with my sponsor, and I got involved with the church. God has given me a great job, my own home, my children by my side, and my mom, who has seen it all go down, right there with me. But the, the best part about it, I have, close, I have a close relationship with my higher power, and Jesus saved my life, and I owe him all that I can give. I am extremely humble and grateful for all that he has done in my life. I am 2,446 days sober today. <clears throat> but I will always be one drink away from returning to that vicious cycle of insanity. And that scares me to death. God had been there the whole time. And I am grateful for his mercy and his grace. Psalms 18, 1 to 2, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, good evening. I'm Matthew. I'm a United States Marine. I'm also an addict and a codependent. Hello. Just a quick prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for this opportunity to brag on you and give me strength. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I was born in Castro Valley, California. I was raised in a Christian yet dysfunctional family. My father was a Vietnam veteran with PTSD. He was a closet alcoholic. And this is where I started to learn my hiding and uh, how to hide my addiction. My mom was an enabler and highly codependent. At a young age though, thank God, my father told me about heaven and hell. Hell scared me, so I invited Jesus into my life. Yeah, bless the Lord. I was very excited about this, and the devil was very angry about it. It was at this time, around the sixth grade, that drugs and alcohol came into my life. I was a very anxious kid with low self-esteem, so drugs were a perfect fit. At 17, I was strung out on crank, and I was exhibiting behaviors that would wind me up in prison. At this time, I didn't get caught by the police, but a girl I was seeing found out that me and a friend had stolen a U-Haul truck. She was concerned about my behaviors and told my father. He was scary when he was angry, and he cornered me in our kitchen. He then told me that I would join the Marine Corps or he would call the cops. I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> I wish it was more patriotic than that, but that's my story. <laughs> I was kicked out of the house and stayed in a motel doing crank until it was time to enlist at 17 years old. I was a proud Marine, and while I was in the Marine, I was stationed in the Philippines 
and also stationed in Iraq and Kuwait during the first war. If any of you guys remember that. That was a while ago, huh? I was a combat engineer, so we were the first in. I experienced trauma while I was there, and it turned both off and on a switch in my brain. When I got out of the Marines, I knew that something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. After I was honorably discharged, I immediately got back on meth and also turned to heroin to just give my mind some kind of relief, and it worked. But it just seemed that I couldn't get enough drugs into my system. I was at SRC in 2006, and while in Iowa P, I brought some graphic pictures in that I was showing a friend. Luckily, a friend and a counselor named Curtis <laughs> asked to see them. He kindly told me that I shouldn't show these and said I probably needed help and should probably get checked out, so I did. It was then when I was diagnosed with PTSD. When the doctor told me about this diagnosis, I started crying. Just to know there was a name for this and that I wasn't crazy gave me some type of hope. <clears throat> this year I went to an excellent social integration program for three months and come hell or high water because I now had three grandchildren, I was determined to stay clean. I tried to work the steps before, but I could never stay off drugs. Here at CR there was a 12-step opportunity that came up for me at noontime, which worked out perfect for me. Thank God that this time I had some clean time under my belt, so I joined. This last program was my 16th program, and I don't say that proudly. After every other program, I immediately used. I can't tell you what's different this time, but this time I was able to stay clean. I kept thinking of my grandkids. I tell you, working the steps clean and fully surrendering to my God and King is already working wonders in my life and it's helping my self-esteem. I'm already experiencing God healing my mind and my lifelong deep-seated issues. I now have nine and a half months clean. Yeah, bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it's the longest I've been clean since, it's the longest I've been clean since 1996. I just want to publicly thank my Lord for saving and sparing my life and for the 12-step study and the men that are in it. <clears throat> now here's the best part. A verse that gives me courage and strength is this. Job 36.15 says, But by means of their suffering, he rescues those who suffer. For he gets their attention through adversity. And verse 21, Be on guard and turn from evil. For God sent this suffering to keep you from a life of evil. So we can say all things work together for good for those that love him and are called for his purpose. And I can now say that God, the God I feared, is now my best friend and king. Thank you. Matt, thank you very much. Matt, thank you very much. Both Matt H., both Marines, love it. I was so confused all day long, by the way. <laughs> Sydney, thank you for sharing. Robert, thank you as well. We are going a little late, so don't worry. You're not freaking out. It's okay. Your control is now being uh, attacked. But hey, we got one more, one more thing for you. Why don't you guys watch the screens, watch this video, and uh, it'll be awesome.
I'm the kid that all the candy Grandpa. I'm I'm a real life Yankee Doodle, made my name and fame and boodle, just like Mr. Doodle did by riding on a pony. I love college. <coughs> oh, Grandpa, why didn't you tell me you had a dress-up box? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that all my dress-up clothes would fit you so good. I know. I look fabulous. <laughs> yes, you do. Here, put this cape around your neck. You can be Captain America when he's too old to fight bad guys. Hmm. Well, sweetheart, I don't think this is something that we should um, make a cape out of. How come? It's just a flag. Just a flag. Here, let Grandpa sit down. Hallie, uh, do you know what honor means? You mean that thing that God says I gotta do to my parents? <laughs> That's the one. You see, honor is when in your heart that you decide to make something or someone very important and very special. So I guess I honor you then. Oh, I honor you too, kiddo. <laughs> and every time that I look at this flag, I respect it. And it reminds me that I honor the country that I fought for, the country that you and I live in, and the men and women who sacrifice so much so we can live in freedom. And it also reminds me to thank God for all of it. So instead of wearing the flag, we should put it way up high where everyone can see it. <laughs> That's a bingo, girl. <laughs> like on top of the house? There you go. No, the chimney. <laughs> well, just get a flagpole. Oh. I just uh, want to let you guys know, as vets, vet veterans, um, honor you. We honor you, and that's why we did tonight. And uh, uh, we also don't want to just honor you, but if you are somebody who has been hurting, struggling, whatever, and this is a place, hopefully, that you can find some healing at Celebrate Recovery. So we're glad that you're here and hope that you come back next week. Will you guys please stand? We'll close our time with a serenity prayer, and then we'll head off quickly to group.
God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. First time guest.